The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to Sex Lives, the New York Magazine sex podcast. I'm David Wallace-Wells, and with me today, as always, are New York Magazine sex columnist Maureen O'Connor. Hey, Maureen. Hey, David. Maureen's here in the studio with us for the first time in weeks. She brought us back some... Um, Everyone got sperm, right? Everyone viper got sperm. Some, some sort of apparently, sperm. viper sperm brings you good luck, fortune, business, and cash no, no, out evil bis- spirits. Business finances. Business finances, right. yeah. yeah. Thank you for the sperm. You're welcome. <laughs> and we're here also with Allison Davis of The Cut. Hey, Allison. Hello. We've got a great show for you this week, but first we're going to remind you about the Sex Lives voicemail box. We're ending our episodes with your responses to previous shows, so call us anytime at 646-494-3590. This week you're going to hear another masturbation origin story. I discovered masturbation when I was really young, mostly by reading these joke books that my parents had around the house. Coming up in just a minute, we're going to interview Jolie Kerr, creator of the Ask a Clean Person column and podcast, also author of the book My Boyfriend Barfed in My Handbag and Other Things You Can't Ask Martha. More importantly for our purposes, she's also written a bunch of columns about sex cleanup, including a very recent one about how to clean sex toys, which we're super interested in. Before we get to that, Maureen, I know you were fascinated by this recent article on Hazlitt by Chelsea Summers about the evolution of the word horny. But before you talk about it, I just want the thing that made me crazy about this article is like it totally skipped the very obvious explanation for the origin of the word horny, which is that an erect penis is like a horn. Is Is that that, does that like make the most sense of any I literally never thought of that. Even if there is, like, a really easy explanation, being a person who enjoys reading, like, really wonky etymology stories, I so greatly enjoy this article anyways because Chelsea wrote so, like, vividly and eloquently about the 8,000 different reasons why we might associate a horn with sex, among them being um, the, like, the traditional image of a cuckold being a man with horns, which I thought was just so utterly crazy. Do you guys feel like horny is a word that, like, adults use it feels to me like mostly like a teenager word you know it did except for whatever reason i feel like i've been hearing people be like i'm so horns lately which like disgusted and upset me the first time i heard it and yet i am hearing horny in the permutation of just horns lately the abbreviation of horny should not be a thing adults use or anyone uses but especially not adults is there like (laughs) is there an emoji shorthand for horny yeah i like to use the um like anything with a tongue coming out of a mouth Ew. i think that that exemplifies horny. sorry i didn't mean to Thank tongue you. shame you there yeah, Allison. honestly you know that hadn't occurred to me before but perhaps there is some like reinvention of all the unicorn and the ram or whatever horned animals in the emoji lexicon exist oh yeah i didn't even think about that could be kind of cute yeah a unicorn for for horny unicorn yeah why? Nah, i don't know it's almost too cute like if i'm texting someone about how horny i am like i'm not gonna want to use like a cutesy emoji you know, for some reason, I find it really funny to mix extremely dirty things with like adorable sparkle emoji. That's weird. So I feel like we actually skipped over talking about the substance of the article. Oh, but, right. So like, what is the why does Chelsea think that we use this word to mean this thing? Well, so she traces. So Chelsea traces um the word horny, first she goes to the OED, which first has a mention of it in 1889. Um, and it describes, you know, lecherous in a state of sexual desire in rut, which is always struck so me as gross. the absolute grossest term uh, totally. to describe, um, I guess, horniness or fertility. However, she is able to trace it actually even further back. And that's when she connects um, 
both the concept of having horns to animals that have horns and, you know, various animals that strike us as lecherous like a goat. And then she also connects it to, say, the that ancient image of a cuckold being a man that has horns um, and is simultaneously part devil, part goat. Do you think of a goat as a lechy creature? If you had to, like, say? <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, I don't know what I... animals I would think of as lechy, but I'm not sure that goat would be, like, at the top of the list. No. I feel like a goat's more, like, satanic. That's, like, the first association I have with it a goat. It just seems like a sad old man to me. <laughs> All bearded and stuff. Yeah. Um, although, I mean, I think I imagine that the classic idea would be that Satan is, like, some evil sex thing and thus things Maybe. that are satanic. Or also sexual. Have animal associations. I think Satan's sexy, so that works. My neighbor had rabbits when we were kids growing up, and they had them in those, like, rabbit hutches, you know, those, like, outdoor cages for them. And they separated the girl rabbit and the boy rabbit because they had too many babies. And he, the boy rabbit impregnated the girl rabbit through their, like, cages. He was on the other side of the cage, and they had sex through it. And she had babies again, which was so confusing for us as we're, like, learning about the birds and the bees. We were like, but she's having more babies. It was, like, an immaculate conception. And finally, actually, like, they... They caught the rabbits in the act of having sex through the like Whoa. rabbit cage fence. Determination. <laughs> I know. It was like romantic in a really disgusting way. We didn't do a good job explaining this article at all, did we? I think we got there. We got there? Okay. Yeah. There. That article is um, by Chelsea Summers. It's uh, called A History of Horny on Hazlitt. And next up, we're going to speak to Jolie Kerr. So we're joined now by Jolie Kerr. Jolie, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. So the thing that I love about your column and your podcast is that you end up with these bizarre sort of portrait of the types of messes people make in the world, of the types of dilemmas they're having, whether they're barfing in a handbag or, you know, having difficulty cleaning some strange object that it turns out they used to masturbate or whatever. And I guess I'm wondering what you've sort of discovered about the weird things people do in secrecy and private over the course of um, advising them about how to clean their most humiliating messes. Oh, gosh. I, I, don't, I don't know that any of the things are actually all that weird. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're a little squicky because they're not things that we normally talk about. Yeah. We don't normally talk about what we masturbate with or on. I know the one that Maureen is thinking of is the is the chair, the lazy boy recliner. Oh my god. The just cleaner. It haunts me to it this day. Me. Do you guys know this story, <laughs> Julie? Good, will you yeah. will you tell them this classic, classic? Just be sure to repeat story. the word jizz cleaner. <laughs> I will I will use the word jizz cleaner so many times it will blow your minds. Um, so in the first iteration of Ask a Clean Person, I was writing for a women's site and a, a girl wrote to me that she and her boyfriend were moving in together. And they had gone through the process of deciding which of one's and the other's furniture they were going to keep. And there was one lazy boy recliner that the boyfriend had that he was really dedicated to and he he really wanted to keep it and she said she was totally fine with that the only problem was that this lazy boy was his favorite place to pleasure himself and he would jerk off and he would come on the arm there was one arm obviously he like shot 
very specifically to one side. You're like discolored. So it it was worse than that, David. Was it crusty. Uh, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Allison, yep. for saying it so that I didn't have to. Yeah, it was um, just like covered in old, dried, matted cum. So, like, did this woman know? Like, had she been aware of this crusted armrest? Was she using it without knowing what had caused the crustiness? Well, she didn't. She didn't. Live. What's, a, what's another word? First of all, know. you introduced I it. I know, but you look so delighted every time you say it. What could we say? Like hardened? No, it really is. All right, crusty. I don't think there's another like, word. Nothing better. So. I gave her the instructions on how to clean it, which basically, I think at the time I told her to use OxyClean. If I were giving the advice now, I would actually tell her to use a product called Zout, Z-O-U-T, not Shout. It's a spray, and it's heavily enzymatic. And Maureen is about to be so excited. I can see she's like, she's gleeful right now because she knows what's coming. (laughs) Whenever you have a protein stain, Maureen, you want to do a little cheer for the protein stain? Yeah, protein protein stain. That's like a euphemism for a cum stain? Yeah. Well, no. Protein spill, maybe? It's it's an umbrella term (laughs) Uh for a lot of different stains that happen. Semen, female sexual fluids all fall under the umbrella of protein stains. And, like, sweat and everything. And that sweat. Just body fluid it's fluid really fluid. weird that I'm, like, the world's messiest human, and I'm, like, an avid fan of um, probably because Julie's cleaning podcast and everything is, like, for me, like a fantasy novel. But I'm, like, <laughs> I can't even envision what this would be like if I were to be a person who cleans things instead of throwing them away. But you are a very dedicated fan. I you am. remember things that I don't remember, which is great. And it's yes. also really fun to have you on my show. So protein like, stains. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yes. Um, you cannot so yeah. clean a protein stain with bleach because it will turn yellow. Like, when you try to bleach your armpit-stained T-shirt. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. See how good she and is? And that's why you have to use an enzymatic cleaner like Zout. She's so good. She's <laughs> so I know, good. except that so, I never do any of it. So, yeah. So, so semen is a protein stain. You want to treat that with something that's enzymatic that's going to counteract. Um, so that today I would give her slightly different advice. OxyClean, which I told her to use, is an oxygenated bleach, which is different from a chlorine bleach. You don't want to use chlorine bleach on protein stains, but... Oxygenated bleaches are also very good. They're not quite as good as enzymatic. Would you describe yourself as compulsively clean? Probably, but I do always want to be really careful not to use OCD because you always want to separate the reality of a disorder that can be really debilitating for people from what can be sort of like light compulsive behavior or light obsessive behavior. Um, So for me... It's a compulsion that gives you joy. Certainly, I have obsessive and compulsive tendencies, but they don't rise to the level of a disorder because they don't negatively impact my life. In fact, they positively impact my life because I have an awesome career that I totally love. And as far as I'm concerned, I have the best job in the world. Like this is, it's a great job. I totally love it. It brings me joy every day. It's interesting though, because you, it seems like you must also be relatively comfortable with some grossness because you're figuring out how to. Oh, yeah. I love gross things. <laughs> Listen, if there weren't gross things, I wouldn't have anything to clean. Yeah. That's true. So, like, yeah, I it's love gross. The grosser, the better. And then also as a writer, I mean, you guys will all know this, um, like, the grosser and more outrageous the stories, as long as they don't tip over into being criminal. Untrue. Even no, criminal is <laughs> fine, right? Criminal is fine, actually. Yeah. Um, no, as long as they don't tip over into being, ah. like, someone trolling me and making a story up. Um, yeah, the the more outlandish, the better. People want to read about it. Wait, have you advised anyone on how to clean up after a crime? Has this occurred yet? No. 
Now, if, if I were to kill yeah. someone, you're definitely the person I would call, right? Because you, you would, would know have how to, to clean go it. To the cops, you could just like write a column about ah, it. Fuck. You know? Yeah. Don't make an accessory to whatever murder you're planning, Maureen. All right, I'm changing my plans. <laughs> well, okay. Here, I'll make a deal with you. Just don't email me. Okay. <laughs> just no, call good plan. Good you plan. have my number. Call me, and we'll just. Because we'll isn't it, that the thing we'll in all like the grid in all like mafia movies that they're like call like the Mister Cleanup guy? Yeah, the wolf. I feel like you're the Mrs. Cleanup um, yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm the wolf. You know, actually, I I am really fascinated by those companies that go in and do like the deep cleaning after there's oh, been God. like a death, murder, gruesome crime scene, whatever in the home. Those people, I mean, those people are like scientists, though. Yeah, they're they're That's they're cool. different from me. So let's talk about um, cleaning sex toys. Yeah, let's how talk often about are it. you supposed to clean sex toys? You should- well, Every use? Okay, technically, yeah. I walk a fine line between what's recommended and what's reality. So, yeah, technically, you should... If it's an inserted toy, then, yeah, technically, you should clean it after every use. Realistically, I know not everyone's going to do that. If you're using it solo, there is less of an issue than if you're using it as a shared toy. That's also especially true if you're using a shared toy with, with a non, partners. non-exclusive partner. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's when you start talking about the the real sexual health kind of component of cleaning mm-hmm. your toys. This girl in my freshman hall who was like a kind of a nightmare. She she had gone to one of the New York City private all-girls school and she was just really... Advanced. Yeah, very advanced, very advanced. <laughs> said something about yeast infections can be caused by dirty fingers, meaning like if your hands are dirty and you're masturbating... Well, she could be referring to other people's dirty fingers, or, right? Or to, or to other people's dirty fingers, exactly. So, you know, t- gentlemen, wash under your fingernails, please. And ladies, And ladies, too, yeah. and ladies too. Everyone just wash under your fingernails. Don't have dirty Even fingernails if you're not having sex, maybe just, just wash them. <laughs> um, and, so, and the same thing is true of dirty sex toys. So uh. if you haven't cleaned your toys, there's even though it's your own bacteria... <laughs> I was going to say juices, but I'm not going to no, say what I just said. Uh, <laughs> it's your own bacteria. It's still bacteria that can lead to, to things like yeast infections. So you don't want that. So I, what is the appropriate way to clean it then? It depends on what the toy is made of. It's like, you know, motorized stainless steel, non-motorized stainless steel, motorized silicone, non-motorized silicone, glass, wood, Pyrex. Wood? Wood. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, I hope that's like really smoothly buffed wood. <laughs> it is. I've, I, I have. So yeah, I have felt all of these toys. I've given them all hand jobs, and this is my research. Uh-huh. This is my work. Um, the wood is incredibly, incredibly smooth. I do not think you would ever have to worry about splintering. Not even after like multiple uses, I like thousands of uses. I mean, I just can't. saying the word splinter is like enough to make. So. <laughs> Here's the one, everyone, it's it's funny because uh, everyone who isn't me reacts to wood of all those materials. The one that really gets me is glass. I feel what? really frightened of glass. Glass is so sturdy, though. But then, glass, Pyrex doesn't break. Yeah. Well, Pyrex is, doesn't scare me, but the glass does. So mm-hmm. I, I did, as you guys mentioned, I did an episode of my podcast on the topic of sex toy cleaning. It was pegged to a recent column I did for Racked National about cleaning sex toys. So I, like, put out a call on the show, I was like, if people are using glass or wood or stone was another one, which I... 
felt, oh, felt I think very like, cold. I only know this because there was some point when I was um, pokey. Okay, no, there are many reasons why I know this. But um, if you pop around the like Etsy sex toy market, yeah. it's like lots of like carved like uh, magical property stones, that kind of thing. Oh, you know what? Someone actually gave me a rose quartz dildo. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, does it does it carry the magical yeah. properties of rose quartz? What are rose quartz's magical properties? It's like properties? to bring like love and attraction. It's exactly what you would think it. it oh, was, so you can. Huh. Yeah. And if you don't get love and attraction, you, at least you, you have a dildo. Some, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's a win-win. <laughs> um, so each of these different categories of sex toys, like motorized, not but like they have a totally distinct cleaning strategy. They, not totally distinct. I mean, the soap and water. Right. But yeah, there. But there are nuances, David. There are nuances. Like to what how kind you of nuances? That. So I mean, some toys can be submerged, some can't. Oh. Um, the biggest nuance to know about, and this goes back to our discussion about the sexual health aspect of it, is that there there is a subset of materials that are porous, mm-hmm. so that even if you've cleaned them, they can still transmit bacteria and STDs if you're sharing them with a partner. So those are the toys that if you're using them with a partner, especially with a non-exclusive partner, that you have to use a condom with. So the the four that are porous are hard plastic, jelly rubber, elastomer, and thermoplastic elastomer, which is also known as TPR. I did write a column when I was still at Jezebel specifically about cleaning the magic wand. Yeah. So if people want to know Because it's that, white. Who would ever... This is how we know that we're like... Me. Were they really thinking about sex toys when they designed this thing? Because why did they make it white? Well, they wanted to make it look as unlike as, a sex toy as possible. Yeah. Because right? it's just supposed to be as a personal like, massager. Yeah. Or like a like really, really clever, cruel gambit that they're like, gotta buy a new one. Right. It's so messy. <laughs> so grimy. Until you yeah. buy Ask a Clean Person books. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's actually a fun fun fact about the Hitachi Magic Wand. It is no longer called the Hitachi Magic Wand. It's marketed just as the Magic Wand. Ah, uh, yes. Because Hitachi, when they Dumped finally... It had their come-to-Jesus moment and admitted to themselves that women were actually using this as a vibrator and not as a back massager. Uh, they wanted to distance themselves brand-wise from the product, but they didn't obviously want to kill the product because it's wildly successful. Mm-hmm. So it is now known as just the magic wand. Huh. A little corporate cleanup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Except they didn't they didn't bank on me being out there right. <laughs> like, talking about it. Sorry guys. Day. Totally busted. So this isn't necessarily sex related, although it is true that say on a night when you have sex, I feel you're more likely to not wash your makeup off because like you're looking good for the whole night. I don't know. Um, a straight guy once asked me this, that he's like, this is a really weird question. Um, he was asking a sexual etiquette question that he's like, I've been dating this girl and I really like her, but um, I keep having to have to like wash my pillowcases all the time because her makeup gets on my pillows. And he's like, is there any polite way to ask a girl to wash her face? And I was like, absolutely not. Yeah, I, but, no. <laughs> um, I would just say buy an extra set of pillowcases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but is there, I don't know, what, what do you have cleaning makeup stains out of pillowcase or advice. Towels. Or towels. Yeah, tow- oh, towels. I just feel bad even time. when I'm not like staying overnight as a sexual guest, just like a guest of any kind, when I wipe my face with a towel, there's like my it's always gonna be cocoa yeah. brown foundations, you know, smeared on their cream towel. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I, I can help with that. So the pillowcase question specifically comes up often and it is almost always guys who ask it. So <laughs> that guy who uh-huh. asked you guys, like he is not alone. And the first time I wrote about it, the guy who wrote to me, whose question I ran, was like, I'm a single guy and I'm seeing a couple of different 
gals. He was like, but I've got these like mascara stains in my pillowcases and I I can't have one seeing them and because and I can't possibly wash them no, in between but... <laughs> David like, no are you <laughs> washing the sheets in between because that's no, no, no. The... so I, the problem the problem is is that mascara actually in particular is a really tricky stain uh, mascara and lipstick are the two worst because they're combination stains so you not only have the pigment of the makeup but you also have a, a greasy oily element to them because of the nature of the formula of that that kind of makeup what you need is something that's going to be grease cutting a really simple solution is rubbing alcohol rubbing alcohol is huh. like a great equalizer and actually to make things even easier for people Hand sanitizer has a very, very high concentration of isopropyl alcohol, which is the rubbing stuff. Um, and so you can use hand sanitizer as a stain remover. To so clean out, like, like, lipstick and mascara stains. Yeah, exactly. That is really good advice. Yeah. So the other thing you can do if, like, this is sort of a recurring problem um, or you really want to up your game and feel very official, there are two products that are particularly good at getting those kind of greasy, pigmenty stains out. One is called Less Doyle, and the other is Pine Sol. Mm. Yeah, Pine Sol, the stuff you use to wash your floors. So yeah. they're, they are essentially the same. And to use them, you just dab a little bit on the stain, let it sit for you know 10 or 15 minutes, and then launder as usual, and you'll be good to go. They'll come right out. But the rubbing alcohol and the hand sand are great because most people have them yeah. or in can what very easily go find them. In what circumstance would I end up damaging someone's towel if I were to use those? Like, are there any, like, towel pigments that will be damaged? I don't think so. The People oftentimes confuse hydrogen peroxide and rubbing alcohol. Oh. Hydrogen peroxide is the one that will have a bleaching effect. Uh, um, so you, you don't want to use that on anything that isn't color fast, that's a darker thing. It can cause color loss. But rubbing alcohol is fine. That won't lead to color loss. Okay. Right now, I know. Just carry some rubbing alcohol with me or hand sanitizer. Well, I mean, honestly, you should carry rubbing alcohol with you because it's an amazing cleanser. Like (laughs) you can use it to clean your phone. All of your phones are dirty. My God, I don't even know the last. Your phones are filthy. You can use it to clean your laptop. It's like it's it's a very very good all purpose sterilizing cleaner. This is just like kind of teaching me that I've been doing baseline cleaning for my whole life now. Like. My toilet's clean, but like my phone is probably dirtier than my toilet. Yeah, That's okay. People like you now. keep me in business. <laughs> Julie, do people ever use that line to you, which is what I use in my head all the time when I'm not cleaning things, that you're like, well, I'm making myself hardier and my immune system must be amazing because I touch my phone a thousand times a day and I've never washed my phone. I'm Shouldn't that mean sick, that I'm so. like really, I have a hardy immune system? No I'm keeping has... my immune system hardy because <laughs> literally no one's ever said this to you. No. Am I the only the person look that she's this? giving you right now? That's what they say about like kids that like you don't let out of the house or something, right? Like, like you gotta let them go get sick so they yeah, yeah. Playing, playing, playing the shit like, in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you think it's like developing an immunity to like peanuts? Like if you eat like a, a peanut every day as a child, you like won't have a peanut allergy. I think it is that way. I think that is true, isn't it? <laughs> Why don't you lick your phone and tell me oh. how you do? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's fine. I drop I drop my phone on my face like at least once a week by accident when I'm reading in bed. And now that I have the big phone, it's like really catastrophic every time that happens. But um, what kind of horrible cleanup disaster stories have you heard about sex and or anal sex? It's And or period sex. Yeah. Oh, I know the trick to period sex. You and I have what talked is about the this morning. Yeah, the sex. trick to period sex um, is to use... A soft cup. So a soft Ah, cup is a menstrual cup. 
that is akin to a diva cup, but a diva cup is is much larger and it's made of uh, harder. I don't think it's plastic. Silicone. Mm-hmm. Silicone. Sorry, thank you. And it has like a little like stick on the end, which yeah. I feel if you're having sex with a person with a penis, that's not going to. They would probably else. feel it. I've, <laughs> I have heard. I have heard people say that they have successfully had diva cup sex. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it though. But the soft cup, which is a shallower menstrual cup, and also as the name implies, soft, can be used very successfully to have mess-free period sex. Yes. So go out and conquer. And it's fascinating to me to hear people's thoughts on period sex because it's there. there is literally every opinion under the sun. So some women love it. Some women cannot even imagine a circumstance under which they would have sex on their period, want to have sex on their period. Like mm-hmm. they can't imagine. And then everything in between. Although I will say when something like a soft cup spills, oh, it no. is oh. deeply oh. catastrophic. <laughs> okay, I have a question. Okay. For like a catastrophe that happens that you're like really embarrassed about and you don't want anyone to know that it happened. So like say you like you maybe like you poo in the bed a little bit or yep. something. Like Which was and, just about where I was gonna get to. Oh so good. I'm glad yeah. we're all headed towards all roads leading to poop. Um but, like, you don't want to call attention to the fact that you have maybe left a poo stain on the sheets. So you're like, babe, can you get me a glass of water? And you have, I don't know, 10 minutes to, like, make that's a, something That's happen. a large glass of water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, can you, like, warm up a glass of water and, like, put some To a very precise temperature. <laughs> right, get, get a fresh lemon, squeeze it in. I've got 10 minutes. What can I, like, what damage can I undo? Okay, well, don't send whoever babe is into the kitchen. Because where you want to go is into the kitchen. Ah, shit, okay. Or, or... If it's easier to go the other way, like if you have an ensuite bathroom, go go that way. Here's okay. here's really what you want to do in an accident situation. If there's if there's matter, right? So if there's like de- way of debris, <laughs> okay. Try, pick up as much of it as you can. This is this is actually really true of barf, right? So barf is a thing I hear about so much. There's so much barf going on, you guys. <laughs> it's just amazing. Like, like in sex acts? Or just no. Okay. Thank- thankfully, no. I actually have never gotten a question about, you know, the dreaded, like what every woman fears, right? I Gagging gag, and barfing yeah. on a dick. Um, I mean, of our of our many, many fears that we have in life as women. That's, that's <laughs> one of them. It's not the top one, but it's up there. Um, I've never gotten a question about that, thank God. I'm sure I'll. There's probably one waiting in my inbox. It's like punishment for saying that. Um, so you want to you want to like pick up as much of the of the debris as you can with a paper towel, and then a sponge and dish soap. So dish, dish soap. soap is gonna is gonna cure a great many ills in life. The only times you actually kind of don't really want to use dish soap, there are two really specific examples: are with ink and with mud. And the reason is that you don't want to flush them with water because you'll make those stains spread. But mm-hmm. other than those two, pretty much like every stain in life is is going to benefit from a little dish soap and a sponge. Um, so the trick to that is just wringing the sponge out well, really, really well so that it's not sopping, so it's just damp. And that you're really using the power of the soap and the suds and light moisture to clean up. If, as we said, instead of running to the kitchen, she runs to the end suite bathroom, what what product does she grab from the bathroom? Hand soap and a washcloth. All, All right. right. Yeah. We are prepared. <laughs> you got it. Or you're like shower poof or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, oh, you guys, this is so gross. This is like to a little to the left of sex, but it's definitely about relationships. <laughs> this week's column in Esquire was about a, a husband and wife who are sharing the same loofah. Uh-huh. Ugh. And wanting to know if that's... Thank you. Wanting to know if that's gross. Is that gross? Is gross. that gross? Yeah. Do you share a loofah? I, I don't use a loofah. Okay. <laughs> Would pro- you use the same washcloth as your wife? I use the same toothbrush as my wife. Oh what? My God. <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> of course you Did guys you do. Did you this? No. I thought, like, the weirdest, <laughs> I thought the weirdest we were going to get was like sharing email inboxes, but toothbrush. Yeah, they share their email inbox. I know that because I'm a dedicated They listener. share their hairdo. They are the most, um, I think in like like some like sociology of kinship, we learned it's called a total marriage, right. and David's total marriage is so beyond total. It's, we have to do like a whole episode on it, I we think. We really, I it's really like think you need to bring Risa, and we're just going to sit here and just be it's like, funny tell to us me, more. Like, for you guys that were like on this outlier, we're like an outlier couple, because for, you know, my wife has this art gallery, one of the artists she represents is this artist, Genesis Peorage, who f- at one point fell in love with this dominatrix, and they had this like elaborate identity merging project where they got plastic surgery to look like one another. They did behavioral therapy to look like one another. Like Genesis got breast implants. They got tattoos of each other's um, birthmarks and all that shit. And um, so Risa and I are always like joking, like, yeah, we share a toothbrush. It's like, but like compared to Genesis <laughs> and Lady J, like obviously we're a joke. But you guys are looking at us like well, we're... Okay, like yeah. literally <laughs> describing somebody who is like, you're talking about and the also, most extreme example in the world. Also, David, Wonder- I wouldn't put it past you and reset this <laughs> point. coming down the line. It's right after, like since we, we also share deodorant. We use the same deodorant. All right. Well, that, I look forward that to seeing the seems plastic surgery. I'm going to go back to anal sex now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to talk more. about David. I have, get away so from this gross shit. Oh. I do have so many more toothbrush questions, but it's fine. Another day. <laughs> <laughs> anal sex it is. Let's go. Um, okay. So anal sex is ca- can be okay, messy. Yes. Can be. It's not always. Yeah. But it has a high probability. Mm-hmm. Accidents will happen, and I and I've gotten stories about people who've had accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, that's kind of amazing is that in all of the instances that I've heard, the partner who didn't have the accident has been like so incredibly kind and respectful and loving, and like has really made it okay mm-hmm. for the person who had the accident. Which I just like it makes my heart swell. People are really good. Um, I, I mean, you'd I be occupy... like a really big jerk if you were mean to somebody in yeah. that moment. But I, I mean, that I would just assume that people just would get so uncomfortable uh, or like that's fair. weirded out or not know how to handle things. And so, I mean, it's nice for me. I occupy a funny corner of the internet in that, like, what I do is received so well, and it's really about being supportive and positive and. Mm-hmm kind to people and people are really kind to me in return so it's like i i have like a i'm like a unicorn on the internet in that way so anyway so my book was coming out and a website called the toast asked me if i would do something to promote my book and i decided that i wanted to follow up with some of the the people who had asked those iconic questions Mm -hmm. the jizz kleiner and so i did i emailed those people back and i was like hey you know your question is in my book and i want to know you know how did you use the advice yeah. like how did things work out for you blah, blah, blah. and it turned out so first of all i'll tell you the jizz kleiner story had a happy ending they got the jizz kleiner did you clean. coin the term jizz kleiner no the commenters on the on the um on that column uh-huh. did yeah. any of them suggest jizzy boy instead no <laughs> like but that's really good always an editor oh, oh my god this guy. <laughs> look at this guy <laughs> 
Anyway, sorry. Keep... But it's the Jess Kleiner. The Jess Kleiner stuck. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, so the Jess Kleiner couple had stayed. They moved in with the Jess Kleiner that had been unjizzed, and they would stayed together. And in fact, when I wrote to her, they were just about to move to a new apartment. And sadly, the Jess Kleiner was not going to make the move to the Thank second God. apartment. Thank God. I want to give it to you as a present. I, Thank you, well, president. Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of the people who commented on that article that I did with the follow-up were like, we kind of feel like we should pitch in and buy the Just Kleiner and like install it in like a, a museum. The museum for you, <laughs> totally. No, when you're elected to some Hall of Fame, that'll be like there. Yeah. yeah. Jolie's Just Kleiner. <laughs> Instead of having a portrait of me, they'll just have a Just Kleiner. <laughs> like, like a little plaque. What a happily ever after. Okay. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the power of cleaving. This might be a good place for us to end. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Jolie. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for so much for coming me. on. It's been a blast. This was so fun. Our guest has been Jolie Care. Jolie, thanks again for joining us. And um, we'll move on to voicemails. call for masturbation stories from an episode a couple weeks ago continues to resonate with apparently a huge number of listeners. We've been getting tons of great messages like this one. Hi, Sex Lives. I was fascinated with this week's discussion of masturbation. I discovered masturbation when I was really young, mostly by reading these joke books that my parents had around the house. All of these joke books had sections with jokes about sex, and I would read them and feel funny feelings. I remember asking my father what an orgasm was, and it was the first time I had seen that word, and it was in one of these joke books. I was never ashamed about it. I also remember asking my mother if you could get pregnant by putting a pillow between your legs, and she looked at me funny um, and just said, no, you can't, and that was the end of it. I guess I was lucky uh, to grow up in such a liberally-minded household. Thanks for breaking the taboo. Keep doing great work. Bye. I wonder, like, what could you possibly learn about masturbation from a joke book? <laughs> also, aren't joke books, like, so juvenile? I feel like they're, like, are there, do they really, do they really even ever publish them for, like, grown-ups? That seems crazy to me. I imagine, um, well, there's one of the weird things. For Christmas, one of my friends gave me this, like, trove of old Playboys. And, in fact, there's just sex joke after sex joke in old true. Playboys. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that if you don't say, like, she learned the word orgasm, right? Yeah. Um, and just the power of suggestion, particularly to a young girl. <laughs> With a pillow. With a pillow. <laughs> it's also amazing how um, you get your, like, sort of information about sex from absolutely any source when you're really young. Like, literally any source will do, right? It's yeah, just, that you're just like, so what? Curious. I hadn't even thought about that concept before. Right. What could that possibly be out of a joke book? And also, like, your parents are just probably like, oh, my God, from a joke book, now I have to, <laughs> I have to explain this to you. I know. When you're, as a parent, they're thinking, like, which books do we have to hide? Right. The joke With book is probably low. Yep, every, every single, single one. one. <laughs> no, it's great. It's, like, really Don't our... teach your children how to read. <laughs> Our culture is like so suffused with sex, you can get it anywhere, but like an adult looking at that stuff is like, this stuff isn't sexy. This is yeah, like totally, right. yeah, totally safe. safe. Anyway, keep your voicemails coming. This week, um, tell us your dirtiest sex stories. And we mean dirty, like literally dirty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Gross. Horny. Like, like <laughs> tell about horrible, horrible messes. Yeah, they'll pass oh, them I have a, I have a good one to share next week. Oh, do we talk you? talk about that, yeah. <laughs> 
Actually, um, no, I shouldn't share that story. No, <laughs> on second thought. Our number is 646-494-3590, and it goes straight to voicemail, so feel free to call without fear of judgment at any time, at any level of inebriation. That's it for Sex Lives. We're produced by Sam Dingman. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. See you next week, and thanks for listening. I've definitely barfed on a dick before. Damn, really? Are you that, really? Yeah, more than once. I wish you had a... <laughs> I drink really heavily. You're a barfer. <laughs> you just came up last time you were on my show that you're a barfer. I'm a real barfer, and I'm a heavy drinker, guys. <laughs> I really wish you had said that. <laughs> we can use that if you want.